0: Jeremy tried to cut it in that time. Right, Jeremy is. looks to me like he's getting impatient and he's saying now's the time. He started to change up his lines and make a run at him in every corner. Here they go. Button still holding him on by a
1: tire. They got to be careful not to start to ride defensive with each other and slow each other down. He's getting so much good momentum out of the corners, but now if something happens, and
2: look out, Jeremy was a far enough away from him to stay out of trouble.
0: McGrath is our leader. Looks to me like McGrath was content to stay behind Button those first few laps while he was riding so well. So this Button started to make a few mistakes. That pace starts to slow just a little bit, but Jeremy feels faster. Take over the lead and let Button try to follow him all the way to the checkered flag. Let's take another look at it. Button almost taking Jeremy out, incredible balance in the middle of that whoop section full of ruts for Jeremy to not run into him, take them both out, control the inside of the corner, now we'll see if Button can hang with him. 16 laps to go, Jeremy McGrath looking for his first victory of the season. He is A Pulp MX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Liat Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weed revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liet re Raceables Thanks for listening, man. Thank you. Uh, tell a friend. Subscribe. All of that. Thanks for uh, uh, all the DMs and, and, and thoughts. And uh, we picked a good one today. 1998 Seattle Supercross. Lots to get into when it comes to this race. But also, thank you to the folks at Liet when you want to uh, get yourself a gear. Neck brace, mountain bike, protection industry, anything like that. The guys at Liat are on top of it. Use the contact form on pulpamex.com to send us an email, and we'll send you a discount code to save at liat.com. Of course, the Team Solitaire guys running Liat. And, uh, man, they came up with that neck brace way back when, but they've refined it and they've redone it, and it's great. And head to toe from the from the goggles to the helmets to the boots to to um, gloves, they've got you covered. Thank you to Liat.com. Uh, Max's Tires, Scott Goggles, Decal Works, Guts Racing. We'll tell you more about as we uh, go along in this show. But uh, for now, joining me to talk about 98 Seattle, it's Weege. What's up, Weege?
2: Yeah. This is a classic. Uh, we started going back and watching. Well, we actually talked to Larry Brooks, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, as I started watching this entire thing, man, I brought back some memories. These are, at least for my age, this is like prime Supercross viewing years. Uh, the Art Ekman, David Bailey, Davey Coombs combination. Uh, all the highs and lows that comes with that, and a really stacked field. I know every season is stacked, but uh, this is probably where stacked comes from, like seasons like this, especially since it's only round four. Uh, there's even a feature before the main event of all the guys that think they can win a race. Yep. Uh, it quickly turns into McGrath running away and Ezra Luff doing everything he can to keep him in sight, uh, which we talked to Ezra about this season Last year, I think,
1: uh yeah, we did uh, the race before this one, which was phoenix ninety eight yeah we, we talked to Yogi yep. about it, yep,
2: those two separate themselves uh pretty good, but um at this point in the season, there's a lot of guys that are going fast, leading laps, getting starts, battling, it's deep
1: it is um re- the reason we won't pick this one was because we were thinking of Larry Brooks and he had a long career in the sport and man brooks never wants to talk about his own racing he just doesn't he just thinks of himself as a failure as a racer Wow. yeah it's weird i don't know why he just does he had a great career and um so when i asked him uh you know i said what about you know starting chaparral uh with mcgrath not chaparral they'd been two years already uh, that's the one he wanted to pick, so that's what we went with this one. Jeremy McGrath's first win on a Yamaha, first win for Team Chaparral as well, um, and so this was the the reason we picked this race, because as Larry points out, like it is a bit of a turn here, like absolutely, like a premier class win on a satellite team, on a private tier team. Private team, yeah, let's go uh, private team, yeah.
2: Private team, yes. I mean, McGrath is riding a factory motorcycle, but...
1: I feel like at the time
2: it was just Jeremy McGrath winning a race. Um, but, you know, when you look at what it took to get here, mm-hmm. you know, the 97 season does not go well for McGrath. He leaves Honda. He goes to Suzuki. We also talked about that with him, uh, with McGrath on a previous lead at Reraceables as well. And by the way, isn't it funny that we heard all these reasons that McGrath left at the end of 96, but the real reason was just the bike sucked. <laughs> Which, But he didn't say that at the time. I always enjoyed that. Yeah, that he that is, covered that part up, even is, for Honda's sake.
1: It has really been lost in time, like because there was some limitations on riding jet skis and and, and things like that. Other brands and BMX yep. stuff. There was stuff that they were not happy about, but I think ultimately, yeah, it boiled down to that ninety seven CR two fifty, just not not being yep. very good. He raced it one time at Paris. Um, I blame Shane Drew. We t- we've told that story oh. a few times. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, Shane was yep. supposed to be his mechanic. It's Shane's first year at Honda, and I think he showed up with Shane and at, at the um, Edwards Air Force Base Honda testing facility with Shane for that day on the 97 and said, i got to get out of here.
2: Yeah. So that leads to 97, and he's on Suzuki, and he struggles, doesn't win the title. Uh, Emig wins the title. And at that point, as I'll mention with Larry, guys don't really make comebacks to the top level. I mean, we're talking he's one year removed from a perfect season. So there should be no reason to doubt him. But that's only how racing works now when dudes are 30 years old and are winning no problem. I mean, you could argue that Justin Varsha was better than he's ever been this year. And you could certainly say that Tomac was better last year than he's ever been or just as good this year. But these things aren't normal in the 80s or 90s. So I think there was some doubt of like, well, maybe that's just how the run ends. McGrath had a good four years supercross champ. Now the decline begins. Uh, and then, you know, Emick's a champ, so he's got confidence. Other guys are moving up. Uh, Ezra Lusk, I'm sure Honda is super-duper motivated to beat McGrath. So coming into this season, it is not looking like, oh, this is just going to be a McGrath runaway. But yeah. in the end, this race win would uh, begin a- another three years <laughs> yeah. as Supercross champ. Another three years.
1: Yeah. So what were you doing in 98? What, what was your steal?
2: Yeah, I was a college student, and I uh, was very disappointed that, first of all, I couldn't afford a computer. I didn't even have a computer. I could only go into the computer lab, which is only open uh, at certain hours of the day. It certainly wasn't open late at night where you could read the Cycle News virtual grandstand. Do you know what that was, Oh yeah. Steve? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, you did? I mean, you were in the races. I didn't think you'd even need to know about this.
1: No, I definitely uh, knew about it. Yep. Yeah, for sure.
2: So for me, like... Sunday afternoon at, like, noon when that computer lab opened, I was, like, knocking on the door at 1159 so I could go to CycleNews.com and read the archive of the virtual grandstand, which was just a dude typing from the stadium. It would be like reading Twitter. Who,
1: do today. we know who that was? Do you ever, did you ever know how that worked, who it was? It wasn't Kit. What, I mean, No,
2: know. it wasn't Kit. Yeah, good question, actually. We should ask Kit or Sean Finley or somebody <laughs> over there. Right. Yeah, how did that work? Who was that?
1: Yeah, like, they would have had to find a guy in every single city. And there's no way they would have paid for travel for a guy to type what was going on. Like, there's just yeah, no way they would have not. done that. right? So <laughs> yeah. it would have been like, hey, we need a guy in Detroit to go get a press pass and just log in to this thing called the Internet, you know?
2: I think. You I don't, don't know. think they
1: sent the guy? Maybe they didn't. Well, maybe I don't they know. did. It. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, um,
2: so between that and Cycle News yeah. and then the races would come on TV, I don't know, the next weekend, I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, that's all I got for you. I'm just a college student, just hungry for information on the sport.
1: So I that's was uh, I was at this race. I was working for a guy named Ty Birdwell. It was his hometown race. Uh, we looking at the results. We got seventh in the LCQ, so no main event for us. Uh, the super team, uh, Birdwell Mathis. But I was I was there this day, um, this night. Let, did you think? And and I, we cover this a bit with Larry. And maybe I'm mistaken because it's a long time ago. But I remember thinking. This is round four. Jeremy had not won in, in the three rounds before. Yogi had caught and passed him in Phoenix. We covered that in the re-raceables. And I didn't say – I'm not like, oh, he's done. But I would not have – if you had said to me early in 98, hey, is he going to win three more races and, and dominate these next three years, basically? I would have said no. Like, I, I didn't know how much was the Suzuki and how much was Jeremy. Like, I, I remember thinking, like, is he, can he win? Like, Is he going to win? And, of course, now it looks silly because he just – he won a ton. He won 30 more races on the Yamaha. But, like, I just, I just remember in the pits and talking to people like, I don't know, <laughs> which looks so dumb yeah, now. I,
2: right. I, I did feel that way because I just felt like we had seen so many guys. The, the show we did last week, you talked to Jeff Ward about Barnett coming over to Cali. And you were pumped, thinking, like, he's getting on Wardy's bike from last year. Mm-hmm. His bike is great. Barnett's going to come back. He did not come back. It was like... uh, 83, Barnett's really really good still, right?
1: Oh, yeah. He should have won the 83 title. Uh, Our guy David took it, but Barnett should have won it.
2: 84, he kind of loses it. And then you're like, oh, he switches teams. He's going to come back. No. It's like... We had seen so many examples of, like, you have one bad year and it's just done. It's just done.
1: Kudrowski Uh, Kudrowski quits and comes back and he's never the same. Right. Stanton, like, he's
2: not as good in 93. He tries to come back in 94. It wasn't there. He retires. Like, it's so weird how short the window was in those days. So it sounds laughable to think that the guy who could have, should have had a perfect season one year earlier – you know, ninety six by ninety eight, thinking like, is he still good? Yeah. But yeah. but that was, I feel, the career arc at the time. And we also didn't know. Yeah. Now you've had great stories, and we heard about. I mean, heck, they couldn't even turn the throttle wide open on the Suzuki because of the carb or something, right?
1: Right. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: But you know, unless you're working for the team or talking to Roger DeCoster twenty five years later, you don't know how bad that Suzuki really was. Mm-hmm. You knew it was. Not the Honda. Yeah, you knew it wasn't a
1: Honda, but you didn't know, yeah.
2: Yeah, that he couldn't, you know, whatever the mechanic used the wrong part on the throttle cable. Was that the story?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was just too short of a throttle cable, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, so not knowing that, you're just like, I don't know, maybe Emig's better than him. And Doug Henry was really good in 97. What if they figure out that four-stroke? He won Vegas. What if he's really good? And what about Lusk? What about, you know, I still had high hopes. I remember at this time that Huffman and Hughes were, you know, they were going to find their groove and they were going to be the next two guys. Uh, What about Albie? Albie won a race the year before. What if he figures out Supercross?
1: What about Tortelli? When's the opener? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Great point. Tortelli, uh, Pichon. I mean, there's so many guys in this field. No. So sounds dumb now to doubt Jeremy McGrath. but I, I do feel like this was a big win.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it really was. Uh, by the way, uh, Scott Goggles, uh, they've been providing the best in goggle technology at all motorsport disciplines for over 50 years. Our buddy Johnny Knowles just crushing it at Scott over there. Uh, and Jason Anderson should be back soon wearing Scott, Pro Circuit, Caleb Russell, Chad Wien, and Walker Fowler. They all choose the quality and product support from Scott. Scott's excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with this re-raceables podcast, many of which have included Scott goggles. Scott, the oh, only so goggle. many dudes
2: on this podium with Scott oh, goggles, it's, it's, so many riders. I mean,
1: Jeremy didn't wear Scott, and he was like the only guy, right? Like it was, yeah, it was like shocking. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, but and again, thanks to Liat as well. Five point five flex lock boots, six point five Velocity goggles, nine point five eight point five helmets. They got you covered. Send us an email if you want, um, and we will pass it on to those guys. Um, yeah. It, it, and also as Larry's going to talk about too, um, this is a private team and with a factory bike and, a, and also, uh, maybe I'll spoil the lead a little bit with uh, something that I shocked me at this race or at this point, uh, chaparral paid Jeremy's salary. I, I, I did not, I would not have thought no. that I, I did not no. know that. Uh, uh so yeah. Um, that's a big move for Dave Dameron and Chaparral, which is a, a Southern California, you know, uh, huge multi-line dealership. Um, so that's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, did you did you ever go to Seattle Kingdom?
2: No, never went to the Kingdom. Oh. I heard it was unbelievably loud. Is that true?
1: It's loud and it's dark. No oh, windows. Yeah, yeah kind of like it was just a. Uh, was weird because it was always it was like the it was like a translucent roof, but then around Supercross time, it's cloudy and dark, right? So. Um, this was one of those races where we always pitted indoors. We pit it right on the track side. Wow. Yeah. Like the tracks there and we're just pitted on the concrete by the track.
0: You're
2: just watching the races.
1: Yeah. From the yeah. pits. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like weird. you're
2: going for, to your local track and you just got a spot along the fence. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, really, really bizarre. Um, it had to be
2: so freaking. your ears had to be done. Yeah,
1: by the end they of the were, night. they were. Yep. It was big. Out yeah. We dome. Um, Hey, yep. there, also, we should, this was this was the race. I think it was this one. Um, I need to go back and look. I think it was Seattle. If not, it's the next. Oh, sorry, uh, it might be San Diego. But at some one of these races, it's like, oh shit, F- Emick is not. What is going oh, on with is Emick? It. Is this the one? This is yes.
2: This is where the drain is pulled. Yeah. On. Whatever the hell was going on <laughs> with Emig that Defending year.
1: Defending champion, comes into it. I mean, just, uh, you know, like, thinking... He, and uh, Dude, I remember being like, what is going on with Jeff Emig?
2: Yeah, well, he's uh, second in points coming into this race. Uh, is McGrath... I believe McGrath's actually the points leader without winning, because Yogi has a terrible round one. Yeah. Uh, he So Yogi goes 16-1-1 in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. McGrath is the points lead. Emig's right behind him. And I remember the time thinking, like... This is a really fun, exciting season the way it goes so far. I just hope Emig doesn't, like, get on a roll and, like, (laughs) run off a bunch of wins, which obviously I should have been worried about McGrath doing that, but I'm just looking at Emig as the champ. Uh, But uh, it was over here. I mean, Emig, this is one of the most notorious. I mean, he gets a good start. I believe he starts right there. It's like Button, MC, and Emig battling through the first rhythm. And what did he finish?
1: 14th. 14th? 14th.
2: Yes. It is an infamous near-hole shot to 14th without crashing for your defending champ, not injured.
1: Think about putting yourself back then, right, in the media. Oh, yeah.
2: oh, God. Yeah, wait a minute. If you're scounging the pits trying to figure out what to say and what happened, like, what? And you know j Bone's going to tell you straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Bruce. Or Bruce. Or Bruce. Right. Yeah, right.
2: Yes, good point. I mean, he just sucked, and then it just... It was weird. At the first three races, he was like okay.
1: Do you remember it was? And uh, then the
2: real, then reality set in.
1: Yeah, remember yeah. it was. Uh, he's got an ear imbalance from f- going up in the fighter it's in an F sixteen. Everything, dude. It, yep. Yeah, it was. It was one thing after another. We're like, what is going on with Jeff Emig? And now, of course, we know the story. Now he was, you know, burning the candle on both ends, right? Um, and catching catching catch up to
2: him. Yeah, that's essentially it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, he had vertigo. He had eye problems. He had back problems. Um. Yeah, I think he had. I had success, and I'm having a good time. Problems.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I think it was what it really was. And um, this is also the first year of Racer X 1998 as a magazine. It had been a newspaper before that, mm-hmm. and that's really what puts Racer X on the map. I feel is that Emig story was like the third cover ever. Yeah, with a picture of a dude not on a motorcycle. And the "What's Eating Jeff Emig" story, and he's and, and he's
1: on a motorhome. Chris Holtner shot him. Uh, yeah, Tim Dixon driving a motorhome across the desert with him on top.
2: <laughs> yep. And I don't know how this all timed out. You know, Davey's probably listening to this right now because he listens to the show, and he's probably like, oh, "I'll tell you the story." So maybe we got to call him at some point. But it times out perfectly. We're like, Emig's struggling. Then he finally does get hurt. Then he's gone for a while. Then this magazine story comes out. And as you know, Steve, this is like a two or three month process from like. Shooting those photos doing the interview in the magazine coming out. But then all of a sudden, at Red Bud that year, Emmick just gets it back together. <laughs> yeah. And then just starts reeling off wins, and he's closing in on Doug Henry and points, and you're like, oh my God, Emmick might pull this off from behind. Uh, then he got hurt again. But it was a uh, as odd as the fall was here, it was also as odd that he was like a seventh place dude in the Nationals. And all of a sudden he just wins Red Bud and then he just can't be beat.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he wins the title if he doesn't break his thumb. I think it's his thumb. Um, yeah, he pulls it together. Yeah,
2: he actually broke his thumb and won at Millville. Right. Uh, but he was like, I don't know, he was still like 40 points. He had, uh, I believe the first two rounds he had bike problems. Okay. So he was in a big hole.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, this is the Nationals. We're here to talk Seattle 98. But yeah, that's true this race is so pivotal in McGrath gets his first win on his new team. And Emmett goes from first to 14th. It really changed the tide between those two.
1: Yeah, it really, really does. And then Jeremy, I mean, you look at the points at the end of the year and I don't Yogi gets hurt, right? Yogi gets hurt. 98. I don't know, but Jeremy, Uh,
2: he kept fighting back. I think he had one of those boxers fractures, whatever that is.
1: Yeah. Uh, But kept racing. Jeremy wins the title by a lot, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But at this point, um, uh, Yogi's on fire. Um,
2: yeah, dude. You watch uh, the uh, even the heat race, for example. And he just goes through a bunch of dudes. Then Emig parks him, puts him down. Yeah. Oh! Speaking of that, I think I just saw Emmick do that again.
1: Yeah, in the main. Yeah, he puts him down in the main. Uh, not on purpose, but yeah. Slides his back tire right into him. And Yogi goes oh. from 16th to 2nd. Unbelievable. Yeah. so he's, Unbelievable. He's on 16th it. to 2nd. Uh, button goes from 2nd to 6th in a lap and a half. So Jimmy Button was a big What did he say? He runs into something? Yeah, he runs said? O- goes off the track and hits some sort of object or something. Larry tells us it's an inflatable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. the next week after this, they go one, two. Jeremy and Button. So that's, again, think about this this n- new roster of Chaparral Yamaha and how, how cool that would have been for those guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. The fact that Button was leading laps over all these guys actually passes McGrath for the lead on the first lap. Yeah. And uh, is riding really well. So stacked field uh and mcgrath i feel like uh he wins the title by a lot of points but yogi's fast and a lot of guys are still fast this year i actually feel like jeremy got better with each year by like 2000 he's like i don't know yeah 96 level
1: yeah i agree i think the bike's better too and and all of that right yeah i i I think i agree um yeah the one of the the, well the first racer x cover speaking of 98 is jeremy at chaper on a yamaha pet paris that's the first cover Yeah, 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 the
2: first uh, real sighting of him um, on the Yamaha. Now, the other thing, and I'll say this to Larry, too, in the interview, but on the outside, I didn't know this was that big of a deal. Like I thought it was weird that he wasn't on the factory team, Mm -hmm. but his Suzuki deal was a little bit like that, right? It was kind of like his own deal. So, honestly, McGrath was such a freaking massive star at the time. I remember just taking it as like, he's too big to be on a traditional team. He's too famous. He needs to make too much money. Um so it didn't actually seem that crazy that it's like ah he's on the factory bike but he's not on the factory team but as Larry will explain uh it was weird with Yamaha it yeah. was weird
1: Yeah yeah things got a little little dicey Uh favorite part of my favorite part of the second loose story was um Well Ferry who showed good speed on occasion throughout the night completed the first uh nice. th- the list of the top 10 finishers Tim Ferry, privateer. No did uh,
2: did uh, Tim Ferry at this time? where you was you were with Birdwell? Yeah, but would he? But he, you were sitting there, you know, in the in the pits in the stadium. Would he catch your time? Was there something about him?
1: Mm, no, no, there really oh, wasn't. Okay, but, I okay, mean, there was not. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's my favorite thing. My other favorite thing is our guy DV wins the 125 main. Uh, this is Dave, DV moonlighting over here, right? Uh, before he heads to the GPS and he passes early leader jeff Matasevich. So unbelievable nine years after chicken won his last 125 west title uh he's back on a privateer kawasaki pro circuit then he did a little stint with uh, takati as well takati cowie but chicken
2: <laughs> back <laughs> pro circuit too
1: yeah right yeah like I, Mitch? I, don't, I don't know if he was actually on the team i don't really know was he
2: I, I thought it was – I mean, I don't know if Mitch was taking it seriously at all. You know what? <laughs> You're not going to high point, but the next race you go to, we got a corner Mitch and be like, what was up with Chicken on the team in 98? Like, <laughs> yeah. what What condition must Chicken have been in? Can you even imagine
1: he, Chicken? Yeah, he, he's going to – I guarantee you he's going to be like, I like Chicken, so I gave him a ride.
2: <laughs> I bet you that's what it was. I bet yeah. you Chicken showed up, Yep. and Mitch, Mitch is like, let's do it, and <laughs> –
1: I mean, she's like, I'm going. Chicken
2: probably didn't even know he was in Seattle when he was racing in Seattle.
1: Yeah, and he's probably like, look, I'm going to the West Coast. We'll throw your bike in. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Do you think Chicken remembers this race?
1: Hell no. <laughs> okay. Right? There's just no way. But yeah, uh, early early leader Jeff Matasevich just, just and coming back. He finishes
2: back. 20th. He finishes 20th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chicken.
1: Yep. That, that's yep. uh that's chicken. Gotta love him. Uh that's always a weird little like antidote in chicken's career, right? He, he's already back from Japan and yep. just moonlighting one twenty five supercross just cuz.
2: <laughs> who is uh who is button's mechanic here? Brian Kinney. Yeah. Oh Brian Kinney. That was eventually Timmy's guy, wasn't he? Uh yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm just seeing the pit boards out here. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um and uh the next year I would we would i was working for red dog we got picked up by chaparral we'll talk about it a little bit with larry um but yeah it uh it was pretty pretty neat time for for us to be at chaparral the next year after this that's for sure and jeremy came back for washugal and timmy beat him and that was cool i mean he literally probably did one moto of prep so wasn't yeah. that big of a deal do you think do you think he, jeremy wins the 98 outdoors he's he's in the points lead when he breaks his wrist
2: Yeah, first of all, it's odd. He actually breaks his wrist, I think, in Pontiac, right? Um, Gets away with it, and then he tweaks it again, I think, at high point or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, he's points leader. Yeah, looking back, man, I don't know why I was so naive at the time. I think so. It was dumb to not think that he was going to win the Supercross title. It was dumb to not think after the Seattle race he wasn't going to just go on and get it done. It was probably dumb to not think he was the best guy outdoors. Because, again, I mean, in 96, he he wins the first six motos ninety six 96, a 250. Then mm. gets hurt. I think it's bored. Emmick does beat him for the title, which MC has said. That 96 outdoor title is his greatest regret. Uh, but I feel like if you really look back, you're just like, dude, he was just the best guy. Like, indoors out. I think he's underrated in motocross. Yeah, I think he does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I, yeah. I think I think so. But, yeah, we'll, we'll never know. And then he doesn't do nationals ever again. That's it. He pulls does Supercross only. The world, the internet world freaks out. At that, and uh, and now it's commonplace, you know. So, not well, not commonplace, but but yeah, it, it's 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 perfectly it, fine for riders to have supercross only deals now.
2: It, it goes through, uh, it goes through its its time, you know. Like uh, all, the, all the top guys not racing the nationals, then it's they would never not race the nationals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it does. He did not have supercross only in '98. Yeah, he had a broken navicular. Right. Uh, but even in '99, we did this uh, show with Tortelli on mm-hmm. that unbelievable all-time yep Glen Helen 99 opener McGrath is only racing that ro- one race just cuz Chaparral's down the road and he's still the best guy besides Tortelli besides, yeah
1: yep yep absolutely yeah
2: yeah and probably so, not even testing
1: no probably not much uh, much time in there yeah um also hey thanks to the folks at Maxis Tires by the way shop.maxis.com weage new tires for these guys uh software, developed by who Jeremy McGrath ah! a re-raceable uh of, uh Past and future guests. Experience the full shred potential of the two treads designed to soft and intermediate, intermediate to hard terrain. Develop and tested with the expertise of seven-time Supercross champion Jeremy McGrath. Brand new tires for these guys. Check it out, Maxis.com. And also, uh, A-Ray, putting these tires to the test at Lakewood. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, so I'm at the start for uh, the first practice of the day on Saturday at Lakewood. Uh, they don't normally let them do practice starts on the, on the greats. Mm-hmm. Usually got to wait for the second practice, but I I think they told all the teams, look, we got greats this year. We know you got to start in first gear, altitude, uphill. We'll let you do practice starts in both sessions. I go down and in the 450s, pretty much everybody's just running a knobby, and there's A-Ray with a scoop. And I'm just like, of course. Right. Of course. Let's just run the scoop. 39 guys running knobbies. Let's just run the scoop, A-Ray.
1: Yep. No, that's that's. Enjoy it. the ride. Yeah. Well, they got a new they got a new scoop, so he's probably showing it off. Yeah. Um,
2: yes. Enjoy the ride.
1: Uh, all right. Anything else before we talk to Larry? Nope. Let's go for it. All right. Here's uh, here's Larry Brooks, who was the manager of Chaparral and the man responsible for uh, for getting Jeremy McGrath over there. And uh, yeah, some real real cool interview. Here we go. Here's Larry Brooks and the Re ReRaceables. All right, since we've been talking uh, Seattle 98 here on the ReRaceables, we may as well talk to the man that was running the team at the time that McGrath took the win as a uh, satellite team uh, winner for 250 Supercross. It's Larry Brooks. What's up, LB? How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. A little busy this week, but uh, I'm doing well. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, 94.
0: uh, We texted you on Monday, and you're like, uh, something popped up, but I'll
2: still try to squeeze it in. Yeah, you're not kidding. Something popped up. You got another guy racing motocross all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, a bit of a surprise. I mean, we, we, I didn't expect him to come race outdoors. I think, you know, he was just concentrating on the world supercross stuff and, and, uh, to have Ken back and racing outdoors. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, he called, he texts me and, and we talked about it and obviously I'm going to make room and I'm going to, you know, do what I can to have him race. I mean, I I just think it's good for the sport, good for everybody and obviously good for him cuz he wanted to do
1: it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great for the series, for sure. Um so let's let's talk Seattle 98 a little bit about signing Jeremy and getting him. I think that's more important than the actual race itself. But let me ask you this, like 97 he's on Suzuki, he wins, you know, four races, loses the championship. Uh it's a it's not a dominant season by Jeremy by any means coming off 96. Uh, 98 starts. You're on Yamahas now with him. He he gets caught and passed. Uh, the first one's a mutter. He gets on the box. He's on the box the next two, but Yogi wins them, and Yogi catches and passes him in Phoenix the week before this one. And it's easy to say now, LB, like, uh, no, we always knew, and he was the greatest and all that. And maybe that's true. But if you can put yourself back in this time, like, were you thinking like, ah... Maybe he's just not as good as 96. I, I don't know. Like, this was the first win of the, re- of the year. It, it came in a rather Jeremy style where he grabbed the lead early, early. But do you remember being like, oh, boy, like, Yogi, this is going to be tough?
0: I mean, I, I wasn't used to winning at that point. You know, um, sure. he, Jeremy was my first superstar that I worked with and so i was i was just happy to have him on the podium i thought we were doing great and he was telling me the whole time like hey i'm just getting warmed up things are kind of coming together okay um all these all these things just i need to get a start i need to do i know how to do and and i mean obviously i believe him he's jeremy mcgrath you know and um i'm just letting him kind of come into his own and trying to help where I can. And you know, how do you help Jeremy McGrath? I mean, that's a pretty tough thing. So we just focused on the start and things started coming together. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, by round four, I mean, he had a pretty dominant ride at Seattle. Um, but it was definitely, uh, it was, it was a, it was something that I had never dealt with before, obviously, because I had never been in that position. So I was super excited right from the beginning.
1: Yeah, he wins the title by a big margin, but I think early on, and I was the mechanic back then, you're like, oh, like I don't know about ninety seven. I don't know how much was it was the bike. How much was Jeremy? We never really know, right? Uh, and Yogi comes in, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And in the end, no, Jeremy just took off. This was just the start of of, of the run, and he was back. Yogi BNMC. was, yeah.
0: Yogi was unbelievable at that time. Like you know, he could have a stellar race and and you know just kill everybody, and then the next weekend he could end up on the floor. So we were looking for some inconsistencies from him. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we weren't too worried in the beginning, um, with, with him riding the way he did and, and, and winning and doing what he, what he was doing at the racetrack. But, you know, it, it, Jeremy started coming into his own and figuring the bike out a little bit. And you got to remember, I mean, he was on a new bike. He, he'd never really ridden a Yamaha before that. So, you know, he was still figuring that out. Right. Yamaha was a huge part of testing with him and, and, and they were figuring the bike out for him. So, you know, things were coming into its own. But, yeah. I mean, I wasn't too worried because I saw the inner workings of it. But, sure. like like I said before, I was I was pretty excited <laughs> just to have a guy on the
1: podium. Well, wow, you went from the tallest Supercross team ever with not any great results to Jeremy. Like you had <laughs> Preston Button, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Lawrence, and everybody else in 97. Um, yeah. And even this race, uh, Yogi goes down. He gets Rhino or Huffman clip his front tire. He goes down. He's 16th and he ends up getting second. He gets right. Jimmy on like, so even at this race, although Jeremy won comfortable, Yogi was on it again. Yogi you know?
0: Yogi was a fast rider. I mean, you, like I said before, you never knew what you were going to get from him. He, he could ride like, like he did in Seattle or he could just lay on the ground, you yeah. know, and have a big crash. You know, when you crash, you don't know you could be injured. There's so many things that can happen. And, you know, uh, we were just fortunate to stay in a good position until he started kind of throwing points away.
2: I uh, remember reading a story a couple years into the Yamaha deal, maybe it's 2000, maybe 99, that the Jeremy wins in 98. It looks like we're right back to where we were. But things even got better with the bike in 99 and 2000. Like, this truly was a, a long work in progress. So even this Seattle race, he dominated. But from what I had heard back then, it kept getting better and better over the years, actually
0: yeah Yamaha Yamaha was in you know a growing stage at that point you know and then they were winning so they had a lot more help from Japan and and things like that so um you know they had the four stroke that was the first year or the second year of the four stroke so they were really focusing on that but they were they were experts at the two stroke so things were coming together for Jeremy and 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 the whole Yamaha squad so it was it was it was exciting. It was exciting to be part of it over that three year period and win three years in a row. Like that was that was amazing to me.
1: And this is too, uh you win this race, you're a private team. Back the bike's a factory bike, but you are a private team winning a two hundred fifty supercross, you know, now four fifties obviously. Uh this was a big deal back then. You yeah, know,
0: it was, it, it pretty much changed the sport, how the sport and teams are structured and everything. And Chaparral was the first one to be able to get a factory motorcycle and factory support from, mm-hmm. from Yamaha. Um, they were able to contract Jeremy and he was the biggest name that there was in the sport at the time. And, um, yeah, we, we had some outside sponsors, not the first year, but you know, a few years into it, we started getting outside sponsors and pretty much uh, changed how teams are built and structured. And it was, it was pretty exciting to be in those early years. My question is uh, why, or do you know, why does McGrath
2: not just end up on factory Yamaha? Why does he end up on this team this year? Especially considering, like you said,
0: it's completely a new concept. So he wanted to do his own thing. He, He was kind of always, you know, uh, trying to rewrite the books a little bit. And, you know, his, his family, Jack and Ann, they were always interested in doing a, a team of their own and everything. So this was kind of a step in that direction, um, to get a, uh, out from underneath the factory umbrella. Um, you know, factories pretty much ran your life. You know, I, I, I they're the same now, but back then, you know, they, they were telling Jeremy, he couldn't ride jet skis and, you know, uh, all these different things. And he just, he rebelled against that. You know, he didn't like people telling him what to do. And, and especially when you're the best guy in the world, you don't want somebody telling you what to do. And, and so Jeremy always wanted to have the freedom to do free riding or whatever he wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. and it ended up being, being, but uh, kind of rewriting the sport, like I said, and and he was able to do his own thing. And, and it just got better from there.
1: So when do you first approach Jeremy or when does he call you or when does he call Dave? Uh, he's riding the Nationals in 97 on Suzuki. You're running your team, you know, your chaparral team. Like, do you and I don't know if you remember, but when's when when's the first time you're like, holy shit, we can get Jeremy McGrath?
0: It was probably halfway through outdoors in okay. 97. Yep. yep. And uh, so Jimmy Button was obviously really good friends, roommates with Jeremy at the time. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, changing the structure of the team and only getting like a top guy. And, and Jimmy's like, well, Jeremy's interested in something like that. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure yeah. he is, uh-huh. you know, and, we're, and, and sure enough, you know, He got, you know, it kind of set up some phone calls with me and Jeremy and I got Dave in on it and, you know, we started talking about it and chaparral was as big as it, it, you know, it is nowadays. And, and Dave could afford, you know, to, to sign a check, you know, and, and, you know, hired uh, Jeremy McGrath and, you know. It just, we worked on it for a long time. No one really knew what we were doing. Yeah. Jeff, Sir, Jeff Sirwall was his manager at the time. So a lot of the stuff was me and Jeff just dealing with it. And, and, um, let's see, what was that steel city when we were leaving the track at steel city, Jeremy said, Hey, I'm going to do this.
1: No well, way. Really?
0: it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. oh my god dude people <laughs> are going to shit their pants
1: <laughs> you're like two years ago we had four guys on four different brands and we had a, tr- a truck and a trailer and now we got mcgrath right right yeah, just, it,
0: tell, it, just when,
2: remind everybody of that
0: the when the team yeah.
2: started that was the idea right there were they were a multi-line dealership You each rode different brands right
0: exactly yeah um and we rode yamaha suzuki and honda And, and we had different riders on each brand parts for each brand in the truck. And it was a freaking headache. It was, (laughs) it was a lot of work, but you know, the next year we were Yamaha support and we did a really big team. And then Dave's like, man, this is the pain in the butt. Like, let's do something a little more streamlined, you know, let's, let's, let's do a top rider, see if we can get Yamaha to support it. And, Mm Everything just worked out, you know. It was one of those things that that it was meant to happen.
1: So, Dave, Dave's a little frugal, can we say over the years? You could say that. Okay. Yeah. So, but did did you have to sell him on this and be like, <laughs> "Hey, like you got to step up. We got to write a check. We're going racing with Jeremy and Jimmy, and like, or you know, was he? Was he, did he want to win or was he, did you have to sell him on this program?
0: No, nope. no. Nope. he, okay. he was all about winning, you know, as okay. soon as he found out that he could get Jeremy and <laughs> okay.
1: uh, yeah, yeah.
0: he was like, you know, how big of a check do I need to write? Yeah. He was ready to go. And, and I can't, I'm trying to remember right now, the amount, it was like 750,000 or something a big number you know and especially for something that had never happened before and yeah um you know, he he did it you know he's the one that took the big risk you know cuz Jeremy was just coming off his first losing season and mm-hmm. and it was a huge risk for Dave i i you know i i i'm assuming that he knew the risk that he was taking but he uh he was all about it he wanted to be involved he wanted to win races and that was that was really cool for me
1: wait yamaha didn't pay Jeremy's salary
0: They didn't. No. Oh. Oh, All they they did was support him with motorcycles and bonuses. And Dave paid the salary. Dave paid all the expenses for the team, for the semi, everything.
1: Wow.
2: Yamaha
0: got this and eventually the Supercross title, which they've not won in a
2: ridiculous amount of time uh, since the 80s, I guess, right? Correct. Uh, They got that. I mean, bonuses are money but they kind of got it for free. This is like the deal of the century.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it was, it was a really good deal for them. They thought, they thought we were crazy. They're like, Jeremy McGrath is going to ride for you, you know, and, and <laughs> all, all we have to do is come up with the bonuses. The motorcycle already existed. All we have to do is come up with the bonuses. Yeah. Oh, we're in for sure.
1: I'd love and, to see those early meetings with Keith. Oh God. Dude, <laughs> it
0: was, it was pretty wild. Keith, <laughs> Keith, pretty shrewd at times, you know, he's a, he's a tough one to deal with. And, he was, I think he was laughing at us a little bit, you know, and you know, he, he, did, he wasn't laughing for long. Well, yeah, you
2: bring up a great point because, uh, again, now a lot of this seems new, two things seem new or sorry, it's two things seem normal. Now Jeremy at that age coming back and winning again, I mean, we saw Tomac reinvent himself. It's happened over and over. Ken Roxon just reinvented himself. Right back then. It was like, once you're done, you're done. That's They're right. back. Yeah. We yep. just did one with wordy and talking about Barnett. It's like. It doesn't matter. When it's gone, it's gone, Barnett. It's gone. Right, Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And McGrath, to me, was the first one to, like, bounce back and get back to his old level. So that was new. And then this uh, factory team willing to give you the bike. Uh, I remember some, I think, a race wreck story that somebody did, maybe EJ, talking about how careful you had to be with that motorcycle. Like, it was still Yamaha's motorcycle, maybe at least at first. I'm sure they got more trust, but that relationship was weird
0: yeah it was it was pretty tough in the beginning to th- allow them to even let us have that truck or that bike in our semi on in our trailer and 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 transport it from race to race that was a big deal you know they had never let the the control of their motorcycle uh, or uh, allowed the control of it to be outside of yamaha and and you know for them to to let that happen uh, that, and especially with keith mccarty he's kind of a control freak so he really, you know, was was keeping tabs on where that bike was and everything, and and you know, we we did a good job as a team, and and I think we gained his trust. So it all seemed to work out. It it was it was rough road in the beginning, but it all smoothed out after a while.
2: Did you know even uh, when Jeremy first gets on this bike, and like Steve said, you don't know how much is the Suzuki or how much is he just getting older. Did you know pretty quick when he hopped on this,
0: and did he know pretty quick like? Oh, yeah this yz250 we can do this yeah i mean he he i mean the suzuki was a good bike it just had a couple issues because kind of like what well, we went through this year at that point he had never had a great rider riding their motorcycle and they saw all these weird things started popping up you know mechanically and whatnot and, and he he got second in the championship i mean That's a, that's a huge step down for Jeremy because he was winning so much, but second, you know, so he got on the bike, he rode it, he did some test days and he was like, Oh, I'm going to win on this thing. No problem. (laughs) Like it has so much power and, and, you know, it handles well and you know, the chassis was good. So he was just, he was super excited. It, it took a little bit to get the ball rolling, but I mean, he, he was pretty confident right from day one.
1: I've told this story a few times. Not the '98 bike, but at Yamaha when I was there with Red Dog. I mean, we were testing with cylinders and heads marked MC. Like yep. th- the bike was so the bike was good, and Bob Oliver could port one of those YZ250 cylinders I think in, in seven minutes. And yeah. and the motor was phenomenal on those bikes.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The bikes ran so good, so torquey, you know? and 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 that was two-stroke times. So mm-hmm. the more torque you could have nowadays, four-strokes, they come out of the box with a ton of torque. So it it's completely different now than it was then. But Bob did Bob Oliver. He did an awesome job with the engines. John R was suspended at the time, and yeah. He did great. Like, like, They had a great program. They just didn't have a Jeremy McGrath, you know, and we were able to bring that to them.
1: Did it all get kind of weird? Uh, and maybe not a Seattle 98, what we're talking about, but down the road, uh, did it get kind of weird when this team is beating Kevin Wyndham and John Dowd and, you know, and Yogi, the, the next, the, the, no, Yogi was previous year, sorry, and other guys? Like, did it? You know, because we've seen factories get a little out of bent out of shape at satellite teams beating it. Honda with Windham and all that. Did did that it, it ever happen? It got really weird. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it wow. was there were there were so many hurdles and because it was new, there were so many things that, that mm-hmm. we had to get through, you know, just how they ran advertisement was a big deal, you know, because we had our team sponsor, Chaparral and whoever, and and they were running Yamaha ads. So you know, they had to change how they did that, and just, just there were so many things that that had never been done before that we had to kind of get over those hurdles, and it was, it was, uh, it was definitely a learning stage for the whole sport at the time.
2: Hey, the irony here is that you eventually come back with a very similar model with Yamaha years later with the uh, LNM and uh, Sam Manuel.
0: Were you dealing with the same people, and was it easier the second time around once you had proven this? It was quite a bit easier, yeah, because I had gotten their trust by then, had a friendship with them, um, you know, good working relationship, and and uh, you know coming back and and high and it was it was a little bit weird too because I hired Chad away from the factory Yamaha team and put him on the L and M the Sam and Well team at the mm-hmm. time, and that was really weird because they they kind of took that to heart like oh Chad doesn't like us and you know that could have been or maybe not I don't know but um, you know I was kind of the middle man and it, it, it was kind of strange definitely but but they knew that I would do a good job or the team would do a good job with their equipment
1: I'm interested too, Larry so you raced in 96 it was your last year you had a fantastic career even though you would tell me you didn't have a good career I, I'm gonna fight you on that you had a great career but 96 was your last season And then 97, like you said, you had uh, Button and Lawrence and Preston and these other guys. But in a way, I got to think if you transport – I mean, we all know you now as Larry Brooks, like, you know, Stuart, Reed, Jeremy, you know, you've done – Ken Roxon. you've done all these things. But I got to think in 98, in the winter of 97, LB, you're like, fuck, like I got got pressure. Like I got pressure. This is Jeremy McGrath. Like can I do this? Am I a good manager? Like am I – you know, all of this stuff. This is a new – pressure for you, a new, a new situation for you to kind of be looked at with, like, who is, you know, can this ex-racer guy pull this off?
0: I was definitely not a manager at the time. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was learning as, as I was going. I mean, I sat in the corner at Dave Dameron's desk trying to learn business. You know, I had never even turned on a computer until I was 30 years, until I retired from racing until I was 30 years old. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do anything in the office. I'd never had a job, uh, nothing. So everything was so new to me and I'm just like, how do I do this? But, you know, Dave took me under his wing, kind of helped me through the hard times. And, and, uh, you know, I knew the racing side of it. I could talk racer, talk to the guys. And, and, you know, I, I made them feel comfortable because I could do that and, You know, it, it just, one of those things that worked out in my life that I would have never, ever guessed when I was younger that I would have a, you know, you talked about it when you were little kids, you know, like, oh, if I had a team, I would do this and I would do that. And I got the chance to do all that stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it, my career has been the funnest thing since I've ever, (laughs) that I could ever even think about doing it. It's a dream come true.
1: Did you feel yep, like oh, sorry. Right. Okay. You. uh did you feel like again, uh <laughs> I've been around you. You're you're a smart guy, I respect your moto knowledge a lot. Uh you can help any racer I feel like that you work with. But maybe this is Jeremy fucking McGrath. Like, did you <laughs> did you like go to the track and be like Hey man, I think you should hit this. Like, like, <laughs> what was that like trying to tell him how to ride or, 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 just help him, just help him. What was I, that
0: like? I chose, I chose my words wisely. You okay. know, um, <laughs> there were things obviously that I'm not going to help him with on the track and how he chooses his line. And, yep. but like racing strategy, um, on the starting gate, there were things that I could help him with, you know, and, and I would just tread and just do you know, tell him what I thought in certain situations, other ones I'm going, dude, you're Jeremy, you just handle it. You make it happen.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs>
0: but, but most of the time, you know, I could kind of help with little stuff, but, yeah. but I mean, it was mainly just keeping his life straight because he was such a superstar at the time and such a wanted person by the media and, and whatever. And, and so I was just keeping his life straight at the time. And I think he appreciated that more than anything.
2: Sure. I, I'm glad you said that because I wanted to ask that. You know, we're in this midst of you know the the growing star that is Jet Lawrence, and we try to remind people like you know we've seen it all before, whether it's Stu or Chad or R.C. or Travis Pastrana or M.C. I'm sure Rick Johnson was like that in his time. Uh, yeah, what was that like? I don't I don't know how many people remember what a superstar, maybe the biggest ever that Jeremy yeah.
0: actually was. I mean his time I mean obviously he, he would try to you know make motocross his his first priority but there were times that the media would just overrun him and and he would you know he would try to be a good per, a good racer and a good, you know good sportsman and do all the interviews but at times it just got to be too much you know he had to turn people down and that that's kind of hard you know but you know you got to think about the, you know, winning races and that's number one. So it was pretty difficult scheduling um, things that he had to do off track stuff. And uh, you know, that was, that was pretty tough at times, you know, telling, you know, whoever the, the broadcasters and NBC or whoever it was that, no, we can't do that interview. That was like crazy to me. But, but, you know, when people are trying to hound you and try to get your time all week long, you kind of have to choose what's important and not. Well, also,
2: uh, eventually your team does start uh, going into outside sponsors. And then there's a whole other chapter, right, where you eventually had your own team, own team, not chaparral uh, a couple years later. But you had that thing, too. You were trying to become a little bit privately funded. Right. So I'm sure that pulls you
0: and the athlete more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't tell a a title sponsor. You can't do an event, you know, like it's uh, (laughs) a, it's pretty important to do the things that they want to do and it's pretty much written out It's black and white. What, what is scheduled for the season, but there always comes up more, you know, and you just, you have to appease them. You know, you have to do what they want you to do and within reason. Um, But you know, it's a, it was, it was a, Big task, you know, trying to keep things straight and motorcycling first and all that stuff. So it, it turned into a, 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 a full-time job, 100%. Yeah, I was working 24 hours a day pretty much.
1: I think, well, I think what some has what lost a little bit in this, and, again, we're talking about Jeremy in the factory Yamaha and winning races and championship, is Jimmy stayed on as his teammate, not a factory bike. Cal Carruthers and Chaparral and yourself, Larry – Production-based bike, and he got on the box and he took his his uh, riding to a new level. And of course, the the 125 nationals later that summer, uh, he did well. Like you also have to be pretty proud of the fact that you got a button to a new level as well. Like obviously, look, you took the McGrath and you got him back on top and all that. That's one thing. But you you had you had a good enough program and a good enough time to devote to help Jimmy reach some career best too.
0: So that was an important thing to me. I, I'm glad you hit on that. Um, so we would always have an A rider and what we called a B rider. And the B rider always had production based bikes, um, um factory support, but not a factory bike. And you know, that was Jimmy Button, Timmy Ferry, you know, Steve Lampson didn't work out so good. But um there were guys that came in and pretty much revamped their career, you know, Jimmy button went on to be a factory Yamaha rider after us. And Tim Ferry kind of brought his career back to have a long career. And, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of being able to help those guys Mm -hmm. and they were all really cool. You know, like we had a good time. It wasn't like I was suffering out of the track with them or anything like that. Like I had a blast. So it was, um, it was something that was really, really something that i'm proud of and i can hang my hat on and say hey i help these guys and that and that was mm-hmm. really cool to me
1: yeah i felt like when you remember when you picked ferry and myself up right uh, uh that summer 99 and i was like pretty surprised at your commitment to help tim ferry out like he was just a fill-in guy uh you know whatever you picked him up for the summer and i'm like wow this brooks guy like he's all in to help yeah. red dog improve his starts and improve his riding like yeah, you you took a big interest in him, and where where in my mind, coming off ninety nine Supercross title, you could have been like, ah, whatever. It's the Nationals. We'll just do what we do. But
0: yeah, you know? but Timmy, he had skill, you know, and I thought in him. And I Jimmy was the same way. They, you know, I hired people that maybe weren't getting the good results right then, but they had potential, and I would just work on that potential. And you know, if I could bring them up four or five positions, that would put him well into the top ten. You know, mm-hmm. right on the edge of top five, and I don't know. I, I just, I just took pride in that. I just thought it was really neat, and I wanted to help those guys because I had been in their shoes before, and I wanted to make them have a long career in the sport. And mm-hmm. you know, I've been fortunate that I've had it, and that they had it too at the same time.
1: Yeah, in a way, you were them in the eighty-seven, eighty-eight, a hundred percent. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you were, you were kind of there. So yeah.
0: So I could I could I could I felt like I was in their shoes at one point so I could see how they looked at it and how they viewed it and what they would benefit from it. And that was just really cool to me. I just thought that was super neat.
2: Take it all the way back to the Seattle win. Do you remember that specifically like that first win or how
0: you guys celebrated or how that felt uh, in the moment? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was really neat. Like we, we had almost won the weekend before at Tampa and Yogi came up and got Jeremy maybe two laps to go and bumped him pretty hard. And so it fired us up. Like we were going F this guy, like we want to <laughs> beat him, you know? And, and, um, uh, and so, you know, the following weekend in Seattle, uh, I mean, we had a great race. Jimmy was leading it for a while. Jeremy came up and passed him and, and they were both standing on the podium at the end of the night. Jeremy had won and Jimmy got third. And it was pretty cool. It was cool that, that I had kind of accomplished that in my own head and that we were, I didn't know we were on a run at that point. I just thought, shoot, we want to race. That's really neat, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of brought Jeremy back to the forefront and, and, you know, put Jimmy in a better position. It was, it was, things were just starting to click off at that point.
1: You actually, you got missed it by one week, LB. Uh, Jimmy makes a mistake and gets sixth on the last lap at Seattle. But the next oh. week, they're on the podium together.
0: Hey, it was somewhere. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. That no, 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 no. Yeah, I
1: just, <laughs> it's been a lot of races for you, but I just literally watched it. So I just wanted to. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. I, I don't remember Seattle. I remember they were battling yep, Seattle, but yep. uh, I remember Jimmy ran off the track and hit a balloon or something. Yes, weird, like yes. That. yes they,
1: they said he went off the track and hit an object. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, did you and Jeremy click from day one? Did you, did it take some feeling out to get, I mean, you're an intense guy. He's pretty laid back. Um, did 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 it, did it click right away?
0: yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he didn't know me very well. We knew each other from racing because yeah. I was still racing at the time. So I raced Jer- I was on in the track at the same time Jeremy was there and right. And like he would, you know, he was obviously winning everything. So he was the baddest dude ever. So I, I respect for him and, and he knew me as a racer. So that was a good thing. And, and you know, he, we just didn't know each other. So it, it was, it, we had to learn each other a little bit and kind of go through those hard times of, you know, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time and whatever. But, yeah. you know, it ended up being a great relationship, you know, that we're still friends today. Pretty cool. Pretty
2: cool. I think and now it's kind of standard for teams like this to operate like the one you're doing right now. But uh, it's funny to hear. It. And honestly, just as a fan back then, I'm like, yeah, whatever. McGrath's on a Yamaha factory bike and he's winning. It's not that crazy. Yeah. And it was only after the fact from stories from you and other interviews you've done to realize, oh, I didn't realize it's such a big deal to Yamaha and to the industry and how groundbreaking this all was. Yeah. Uh, And I'm sure in the moment you're not thinking about this every day, but pretty cool that you did pull
1: that off. See, I come from a different spot where I was a mechanic for Birdwell this year. Uh And I remember, like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe he's not going to do it. Maybe it's not going to happen. Like, he's not as good. He's not as dominant. Like, I don't know. Maybe the Yamaha. Maybe, you know, all, like, I do remember that feeling. Obviously, looking back... Coming
2: into the season, yes, but I mean, once he started... I didn't know that, like... I was like, what's the difference that there's a Chaparral logo or a Team Yamaha? It's all the same. Like, I didn't realize behind the scenes it doesn't quite work that way, and this was actually okay, pretty groundbreaking.
0: Yeah. The yeah. motorcycles were all the same. All the Yamaha motorcycles were the same as yeah. far as coming from um, Cyprus and, and all that stuff from the factory, but... But, you know, we would put our logos on. That was a big deal. Holy shit, dude. Keith <laughs> fucking lost his mind when I put the chaparral on it that size. Like, he was like, you have to have it that big? Yep. <laughs> that guy's oh. paying a whole bunch of money. Like, yeah, yeah. I want it that big.
1: Uh, did you notice, so. that, and maybe again you have no idea, but did chaparral's business increase? Did it help? Did it help Dave? It
0: it blew up.
1: Really? Okay. It
0: doubled the following year, quadrupled the next year. Like it just went went straight to the moon. And uh, so, so he not only won on the track, but he won in business also. It was, it was really cool. And, and to have him share things like that with me, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really neat too.
1: That's Awesome. Uh Larry Brooks and Ali at raceables Uh I'm I'm good. I just one last thing for me, LB I can't seem to get Weij to agree to do summer cross in these. <laughs> but if we do summer cross, will you will you join us back on the show?
0: I would love to do that. That was actually a really cool race, but we yeah. gotta tell people about the swimming pool and everything. Yeah. Although, yeah we, it's we can tell, gonna be the whole story.
1: Yeah, we can tell the whole story. I mean, at this point in twenty twenty three Timmy caught Jeremy from 10 seconds back, hounded him, broke him, and took off for the win. Um, listen,
0: listen to this story. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm thinking, holy shit, I must have missed that race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not exactly the way it happened, but um, it was a good race. Well, for both if
1: I can if I can convince Wygan to ever, like, yeah, he, he he's fighting me on the summer cross recap. He doesn't think it's – and also I asked Prater if we're going back this year, can Timmy and I get, like, a, a parade lap at the beginning or some sort of <laughs> – some sort of video you know the last time we were in the coliseum and prater is not really going for that at all
0: well can you even find any video of that race does does that even exist
1: i don't know yeah i don't think I've got to a, yeah, i gotta find uh yeah we gotta figure it out i don't know uh
0: yeah i'm a big video whore and i i watch a lot of races and i have never seen that race
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but if you do if you do find it i will definitely be there and if you could uh You know, talk Weege into letting us do it. (laughs) All right, it sounds like you got some stories.
2: Steve keeps saying that this SMX race will be the first race since then, and I'm like, dude, they had like two X Games Supercross races there and a Supermoto race. Yeah, Steve says those don't count, but Summercross does. Absolutely, Summercross
0: was almost like Supercross, so you have to go with it.
2: (laughs) It (laughs) Listen to you guys. (laughs) guys. Fine, I'll get J Bone, and he can talk about JGR winning X Games. Fine. There you go. There you go.
1: Um, Awesome, man. Uh, Anything else, Weege?
2: No, this is fantastic. Thanks for the time, and a probably, well, I wouldn't say the busiest week of your life, because it sounds
0: like 98 had plenty of those, but a very busy week. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be exciting. It's going to be a fun weekend, no matter what happens.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate the time on the Lee at Rerasables. Thank you, man.
0: All right. See you guys. See Bye-bye. You, Larry. Yep.
1: Good stuff from Larry. Uh, yeah, I didn't know Chaparral paid a salary, and Steel City 97 was when he found out that Jeremy's going that way.
2: Yeah, to just think about I don't think we mentioned it in the interview, but you were texting Larry. i would forgotten that even Brian Deegan was on the Chaparral
1: team, right? Oh, yeah, that 96. It was Deegan, uh, Schnell. Um God, I can't remember. Larry. Larry? Yeah. Larry was rode the Yamaha, I think. Schnell rode the Suzuki. Deegan rode the Honda. And I don't know who rode the Cali. <laughs>
2: yeah. The point being that, yes, this was the team Brian Deegan was on, and then they had McGrath just two years later or a year later you know, that's when they find out they're getting McGrath. That just, yeah, that's just shocking. I'm sure Larry and Larry also told us that he, as he said, in the interview wasn't really a team manager yet. This is what made him a team manager. Like this all must've happened so quickly. You look back now, it all makes sense. McGrath being the best guy, Larry's team manager to the stars. None of this was obvious at this race.
1: No, no, I agree. Right. And, uh, and you didn't really know how it was going to go. I mean, look, um, Yamaha's a better bike than Suzuki back then, but it, it's it's feasible that Jeremy just struggles with this new team and has some DNFs and, you know, crash it like, you know, like it doesn't come together. It's not it's not unheard of.
2: And I had not realized, I had never put this together, had Yamaha not won the Supercross title since freaking Mike Bell
1: at this point? Yes, because 1980, Mike Bell.
2: Yeah, so they win three in a row with Hannah. The next year, Hannah's out. Their bike is so good. The late, great Mike Bell then wins. So Yamaha's won four in a row, four early Supercross titles. That's how historic this is. They had not won the t- title since 1980, yeah. and they win it in 98. So, again, another reason to not be like, well, for sure the Yamaha's going to get it done. I mean, we had seen Yamaha heartbreak, especially with Bradshaw, but so many other guys that were going to bring Yamaha back, you know, certainly. Glover tried a million times, you know what I mean? But, like, they had been heartbroken and couldn't get this title so many times. So even that is yeah. a lot of headwinds to go up against to, to finally get this.
1: I mean, again, like, our guest last week, Jeff Ward, like, he was the only guy to topple Honda. The Crazy. only guy for for, yep. for 15 years. Honda won, the, insane. Honda won the Supercross title unless Jeff Ward managed to do it. <laughs> it's
2: really one of the all-time accomplishments now that I think about that. Yeah. Like, Good on you, Wardy. The only guy to beat Team Honda. And then in the entire Glory Did you run. hear
1: about this Honda thing from 04 to this year?
2: Uh yeah, it's been mentioned a few times a curse.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, well yeah. they finally won it again this year. But yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, we can stop talking about that.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh but don't stop talking about Decal Works. Uh 23 is the code to save with Decal Works, decalmx.com. Get some proofs made. Uh, I've got something in the works. We, you know, a little bit about it. I saw some proofs from decal works today oh, okay. on things that they're doing for pulp MX. And, uh, yeah, they, these guys, they, they're great business. They do great business there. And, uh, Red Bull KTM using their graphics, Husqvarna off road as well, which I believe the GNCZ guy has the points lead in that crazy series. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. He's the only guy to win two races long. Yep. Yeah. So just running the decal. So works. of course yep. he has the
1: points lead. Yeah. Just cause he's first got to win two races. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, th-
2: yeah. I don't think people had like Craig DeLong as a title fave, but in this insane season, I mean, there's only four races left, so he could do this.
1: There's only four left, really. They're on a summer, yeah, break just here. the way it works yeah, out. Yeah. There's normally
2: three after the break, but I believe this year, so there's normally four. There's normally snowshoe coming up and then four, but I think this year it's only okay. three after the break. So um, next weekend, and wow, it's crazy.
1: Uh, so thanks to the folks at Decal Works for making this thing happen, and uh, D- uh, pulpamex 23 is the code to save. Get the number one graphic company out there and, and use it. Uh, use the code to save. Thank you to Guts Racing as well. Phantom Lightweight Seat Foam, Seat Covers, Complete Seats, Seat Bases, Vintage stuff, Modern stuff. A lot of privateers using Guts Racing out there. Taller seats, if you're a taller guy, uh, shorter seats, uh, whatever it is, GutsRacing.com. Uh, Our guys up in NorCal uh, do great work. And uh X23 is a code to save. PumpMX2023 is the code to save with those guys. GutsRacing.com, Scott Goggles, Max's Tires, and of course the folks at Liat as well. Uh, before we get to the categories, um, one of my favorite things was Art calling Lee McCollum less McCauley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> art. you
2: know, Art's going to Art. You just, <laughs> he, you're powerless to stop it. He,
1: he knows who Lee McCollum is. I guarantee you they've had 800 drinks together at the hotel bars over the years. Uh, yeah. but somehow he calls him less Macaulay.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. Art's got an art. Um, he loses his mind at times. I also, I believe, how have to ask, uh, Scott McLemore from Lucas oil and Mav TV about this. At some point around this time, the races switch from, you know, you cut up the tape, you mm-hmm. edit it, and then they go to the studio a couple days later to where they were actually announcing them live. This might've been the first year or somewhere around there. And, uh, the announcing gets significantly worse because now they're calling it live. And you can tell right off the rip if you guys watch this, you watch the very first heat, Art is definitely just looking out the window of the booth.
1: And <laughs> he's not
2: calling anything that's on the screen at all.
1: Yeah. He he's not calling the screen in this race either. He at some in point main. in the main, he's at Oh no, not he, at all. He's like yes. uh Rhino Hughes sure to the Whoops or something, and I'm just like, What what? 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 Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He, in the heat race, Craig is out front. You're watching some unbelievable battle with, like, Henry, Lusk, Huffman, Emig, but he's talking about Craig. Then later, you're seeing those guys. uh, Then later, you're seeing Craig, and he's talking about those guys passing each other. (laughs) And it's like your mind is, like, boggled. You're like, wait,
1: what? What? And Um, and then I think – Someone Yogi gets Larry Ward before the mechanics area, and he sneaks on the inside of him. And Art Art is like, "Is there room?" And he's Yogi's already made the pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, look, I think there's room, Art. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of that. I mean, Art's gonna Art. He is the Ron Burgundy of
1: yeah, the sport. Yeah,
2: and you know, it's it, the movie is the legend of Ron Burgundy, so. There's still respect out there. It is the legend of Art Yeah.
1: No, absolutely. Yep. Uh com, by the way, re raceables. Uh good stuff from Brooks. I just want I don't know if we said that, but thanks, Larry, for the time.
2: Yeah. Um It was cool. Was, I mean, on a busy week.
1: Yeah, very busy week, right? Um yep. All right, let's uh shall we do the categories? Yep. All right, Leit dot com. Oh boy. Uh I, I, we made this category up um because we thought it would change a lot. And the last I don't know how many shows, it hasn't really changed. Uh, who really won the race?
2: Uh, Brooks. You want to go with Brooks instead of MC? No. Dave Dameron of Chaparral? Like, how do we not pick McGrath?
1: I know. He, he, this is a, a private team winning a premier class main event on a, you know, um, showing that the, 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 the old champ is back, uh, go on and on and on with the narratives. Uh, he, yeah, he won the race. Right.
2: Yeah. McGrath won. There's no doubt.
1: All right, who's that guy award? Uh, this is still pretty new, so we're, you know, we're kind of like, we, we, we know all these guys, I guess. But I do want to say, um, 250 LCQ if I go back, the everyone's pretty familiar, except for in 13th, Jason Dempsey on a cowie.: Oh Jason I not Dempsey. Know that one. I don't know that one. I know everybody else, the great John Sebastian Waugh is 11th. Um, Billy Dempsey. Yeah, no idea. You?
2: Yeah, no. I don't know if he's related to Patrick, who does some car racing. Uh, No, I don't. And I don't have those. I only have the Heat. Sorry, I don't have the Heats. I only have the Mains. So uh, for me, it's really hard to come up with a who's that guy. So the only one I can pick is last in the 125 main is Jerome Hemery. But he's from France, so that Mm. pretty much just sums up all Uh, you need to know about him.
1: I was on a team with Jerome. Oh, come on. Yes. When I went to go work in Germany for that brief stint, he was the number one rider on the team.
2: No way.
1: Yes, I know Jerome, and I see him. Guy, the number one guy, and I saw. Well, I didn't work for him. No, I I was not French mechanic. Worked for him. I worked for the other guy on the team, the Finland, the Finnish guy. But I saw Hemery at Paris not that long ago, and we were laughing about our time together.
2: So he did remember you. Yes. Wow.
1: Yep. Yep. The Canadian. Nice guy. Wow. Really nice guy. A real good French cool. indoor guy, right? Just you know, just one of the, one of the many. But
2: hmm. that's uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's unbelievable how many guys are coming over. Uh, so the 125s here have DV and Roncada one two.
1: Yeah. But if you read and cycle then, news, by the no. way, Roncada took chicken out and left him sprawled out on the Seattle dirt, unable to continue.
2: Oh well, uh, Jeff could have probably done that himself. Chicken could have; he didn't even um, need the assist to be sprawled out on uh, the floor.
1: I don't know if you're if you're wondering who wrote the cycle news recap. Just wonder no more. It was Kit Palmer. Kit Palmer, everybody, yeah, yeah Kit Palmer. It was Kit. <laughs> um, so okay, you'll go Jerome Hemery. All right, got it.
2: Actually, my mistake. He actually gets sixteenth in the main. Yeah, okay. It's all the right. only name in there I was not familiar with, but I knew he was French.
1: That's uh, all I needed to know. Lit Kit Award.
2: Yeah, it's actually tough because Fox is in such a good run right here. I've always wanted to pick this McGrath with the blue and yellow. It looks so freaking good. But it's hard not to pick that Yogi Fox stuff yeah. also. Black, God, all black. It looks so yeah, badass. Yeah, yeah, his helmet's yep.
1: sick and all of that. Yep.
2: Yeah, it matched the bike really well. But I always thought the McGrath with the yellow was underrated. So this is going to be my only chance to pick that gear. So lit kit for McGrath.
1: All right. Uh I will go. I don't know what he wore at this particular race, but I do remember early ninety eight Jeff Emig shift stuff was badass.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yep.
1: I mean it was yep. probably not feeling great when he was going backwards, but he looked really good, Jeff Emig, in this number one stuff. Yep. Flow green, black, you know, white, all of that. Shift stuff. Really good. Uh shit Kid Award. Uh I'm gonna go with our our guy D V. He's Euro. He's here. I don't know what he's wearing. There's a photo of him. He's got that. I think it's first or just. I, I don't know what it is. It, it's not good.
2: You don't even know the brand.
1: No, you can't really tell. I forget what it is. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll text him right now. Um. But, yeah. Let, it's, let me...
2: a, uh, it's a Michelin rider, too, right?
1: Yes. This is actually a Michelin win. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: Michelin win. This is all French. This is not factory Yamaha. This is him doing his own thing. Right? He was always famous. Didn't he have FMF pipes? Yeah. Where this... most guys... Man, Pro Circuit. This yep. is the
1: race he drove up in his dad with a U-Haul. They just rented a U-Haul and drove up, and they won the main event.
2: Jeez, jeez. Um, my shit, kid, is right behind him. Uh, I thought that YOT Cinesalo, It was just mm. way too much going on. Way yeah. too many colors, too many angles, too many shapes. They the the bikes had too much going on. The gear had too much going on. The helmets had too much going on. <laughs> uh, it had too... We just. Calm it down, everybody. And, I mean, the answers are out there. The reason that McGrath, Emig, and Ezra's stuff looks so good is because it's, here's the word that everybody uses, it's just clean. It's very simple. It's very simple. Uh, the Roncada gear, Sinisalo, it's got to be toward the end for them here. Um, yeah, that's not too good as far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh, f- it was called First. First racing gear, boots, premier helmet, Oakley goggles, he told me, DV. So first, First gear. Yeah. I bet you he wasn't trying first. to get out of first gear. First he, gear. he wasn't. A lot, I bet he wasn't first a lot um, no. out there. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, shit, Kit. Uh, I'll give the DV. You give it to Sinasala. Where's JT? Well, we asked him. He was in college. Yep. He he rode supercross '98 later on East Coast.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. College student. Yeah. That. Yep. Yep.
1: Uh, Jacob Marsack Award for the rider who does the best that you may not have ever thought about. Jason McCormick gets fourth on an FMF Honda, a team that I went to work for later this year after Birdwell hurt himself. Um, so I was on this team this year. Our bikes were god awful. I would not have thought McCormick would have got fourth. That would have been a, a surprise to me. So that he's a he's a possible Jacob Marsack Award winner. Uh in the in the in the two fifties. I don't I don't really see one. Um yeah, I was going to go
2: with that McCormick. I, I just looked through. That was a career high in Supercross. And, by the way, local race, too.
1: Yeah, local race for him. Lance Smale, who I saw at Hangtown, 16th in the 250s. Ryan Terlecki, home race, 20th. Yeah.
2: And Larry Ward, of course. Oh, yeah, and Larry, Yeah, Incredible at Seattle.
1: Yep. So, um okay. Yeah, McCormick, uh, I think that's, yeah. <coughs> so, So you said that's his career best.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he had a fifth. Um he had of course, a uh, fantastic run again home race at Washougal. uh but in supercross, this was his best, I believe
1: oh our guy Kit, has an update on chicken uh in the story oh in oh. The, like in the in which actually was my favorite part of this of the uh of the cycle news articles, those brieflies you know
2: yeah, yep, uh
1: after his get together with Stefan Ricotta, chicken was hobbling around with a sore knee, he said he could not stand on the leg right after the crash, but felt much better later that night.
2: Um, (laughs) oh wonder why
1: it's a little hurt but it's not bad i'll be fine said chicken all right
2: wonder wonder what he used to to feel better (laughs) oh it's great
1: we got to get him for one of these
2: i think he would i mean i guess we could just laugh
1: yeah that's what i mean we'll just his vegas win right maybe just his vegas win
2: will he remember anything
1: He'll remember something that happened after, I guarantee.
2: Okay, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Inve- God, Chicken won his first 250 Supercross in Vegas. Good Lord.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine?
2: Can you imagine? Uh,
1: yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. That's another edition of the ReRaceables. Thanks to Larry Brooks again for the time. Uh, Seattle 98, a, a real real big win for Jeremy, for Larry, for the team, for the sport, all of it. And, uh, and now looking back, we're like, of course. But I'm telling you, people, Weege was following the sport intently, and I was there. It wasn't this easy back then, I'm telling you. So,
2: no, I was hashtag stack field well before there were hashtags, and there were no guarantees. I mean, a lot of guys could have gone a lot of directions that year, but uh, we probably should have seen this
1: coming. Absolutely. Thank you to Leit, Guts, Maxis, Scott, Decalworks, all on board with us. Thanks to Brooks again, and and thank you, Weech. Thanks for coming on.
0: Yep. See you soon.